The following message was preached at Flint Hill Baptist Church. We would love for you to join us on Sundays for life groups and worship, or on Wednesdays for adult Bible study, kids, and youth activities. For more information, visit flinthill.net. Man, thank you for that worship. Just a, just a, uh, you know, I say good time to the Lord. I don't know. I just, I just want us to be real and personal and authentic in our worship. Uh, Jesus died and rose again that we might know Him personally in the power of His resurrection. And one of the joys we have is being able to worship the Lord. Um, and just it's just not just the worship of God, but God inhabits the praise of His people. And the truth is, the biblical truth, the truth is that Jesus Christ is very much present with us today. So as we sing that song, an offering of praise, I mean, I, I hope that's your heart's desire that you... Uh, that, that's why we gather. I mean, it's really amazing. You know, as Gavin just prayed, just one word from the Lord changes everything. Uh, in our little life group, I hope all of you are involved in a life group. We call it life group on Sunday morning. I'm used to Sunday school. That's what I kind of... Well, I, I, <laughs> like, it's not about the, the name. We just need to be gathering together with God's people, studying God's Word. Um, but I, but I, but we, been, we, we started in Genesis a couple weeks ago. And uh, man, it's just powerful. God's Word, the spoken Word of God is powerful, and God can speak uh, into our life today. And when God speaks, God changes uh, everything uh, in our life. So I, I just have a couple things I want to share before I get to the uh, message today. Uh, one, I shared with you last week, there's a copy of this book out front in the foyer. Uh, Neil T. Anderson and uh, Rich uh, Miller wrote this. Uh, it's a 21-day devotional. Uh, I just want to encourage all of us, uh, now, you don't have to get that one. It, you know, I got them. I got a few of them out there. They're about $15 each. You can buy it on Amazon. You can, you can get them in a lot of different places. But I just encourage you, and I want to encourage us. Uh, you know, it seems like this time of year we're moving into Christmas, then New Year's, and believe it or not, there'll be a new year, 2024, coming. Uh, and, and I think it's good for the church at times to say, hey, let's take stock about who we are, where we are, and what we are as a body of Christ and as believers in Christ. And not that Neil T. Anderson has the market on all that. It's a devotional. It's rooted in the Word of God. But there's something beautiful about opening up our heart before God and just being cleansed by the Holy Spirit, letting the Word of God wash over us, as it says in Ephesians 5, making us, cleaning us, purifying our hearts before Him. I mean, just a beautiful thing that God does in, among His people. And so I just invite you. I invite all of you. I mean, I really do. And I know I'm... I really am. I am a, a naive at heart. I'm trusting. I'm believing all of you are going to go and get one of them books. And man, we're going to start the new year off in a devotion, 21 days of really walking in freedom in Christ. That's my heart's prayer. I know that. I mean, I'm really, I am. That's my heart. I believe every one of y'all going to get that. I really do. And I'm probably going to ask if you got it. So, you know, just get ready. Um, but I, but and again, it's not about the, the devotion per se, but it's about just taking and being intentional as a people of God, just to sit before the Lord. I can't say that enough. So my, that's my heart's desire, uh, is that we as a body will just kind of take this new year walking uh, intentionally in the freedom that Christ has given us. Um, and I just invite you to join in that journey. Uh, now, men, I'm going to say this to all of you uh, that are in the house of the Lord this morning. Uh, I hope all of you get hold of that too. Ladies, you as well. But men, I want to talk to you specifically because I want to invite you to join in that journey. I want you to grab one of those devotionals. But on Sunday night, the first Sunday night in January, uh, we're going to have a, have a men's night. We're just going to gather up here in Jesus' name and begin our new year off together, uh, walking uh, not just in the freedom, but in the bonds of 
uh, uh, brothers in Christ just desiring to honor the Lord with our lives, walking together. There's a beautiful thing when God's people gather together and hold each other accountable and walking in the freedom and then through the Word of God and by the power of the Holy Spirit. So, men, I just invite you, and, I, and that's probably not the right word. I'm challenging you and encouraging you. I really am. Um, uh, you can tell. You can tell the. Uh, the, 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 the quality of the, of the body of Christ by their men and whether or not they want to love Jesus with all their heart. I mean, you don't have to clap for that at all. I mean, like, yeah, yeah, like there's, ladies, y'all can clap all you. Yeah, thank you, Lord. I mean, the men are going, well, has he got to say that today? Come on. Um, uh, it's true. It's true. Uh, and uh, men, I, I just, I, I encourage you. I'm a man. And, uh, and, uh, uh, and I just, I just I, you know, as, as well as I know how, I know I'm pastoring this church, but as a man, I just want to love Jesus with all my heart, and I need you as brothers in Christ to encourage, to exhort, uh, to challenge, to encourage, to lift up, pray, and uh, uh, God called us to walk this road together on this journey. And, uh, and, uh, and I believe God has a wonderful plan for you and for us. Uh, and, and men, we need to be men who personally and passionately love Jesus Christ first and foremost with our lives. And, um, and so I, I just, I want to challenge you and encourage you to get one of those devotions. Let's start this whole, uh, year off together. And on that first Sunday night, we're going to gather here about six o'clock. Uh, and we're going, we're going to set a, set a course, uh, of 2024, just walking together, uh, as men of God. So anyway, just invite you to be a part of that. Also, let, let me, because uh, I'm going to forget to make mention of this. Uh-oh, where'd my bulletin go? Y'all got your bulletin? I hope you got your bulletin in there. Uh, this week and next week, uh, some of you might be kind of new to you, but we're going to have deacon nominations this Sunday. You can tear this tear-off all and put it in an offertory plate uh, when that offering uh, plate comes around a little bit later on. This Sunday and next Sunday. So when, we, when I say that, deacon nominations, that may be very familiar with um, uh, most of you here in the house of the Lord, uh, particularly... Uh, I think most churches will have deacons as servants in the house of the Lord. Uh, here at Flint Hill, we certainly do as well. And I'm so grateful for our men who have been set apart by the Lord uh, in His service. And, and the task that is primarily given to our deacons here uh, is one of servants. Uh, in other words, to, to be a deacon, the word just literally means servant of the Lord, slave of God. And set apart in the first century was to take care of widows. The primary responsibility of our men set apart as deacons is what we call deacon family ministry. That means you pray for, encourage, undergird, and support every family that God has entrusted in our care. Let me remind you in your Bible, in First uh, Timothy chapter 3, verse 8, it says, Deacons likewise are to be men worthy of respect, sincere, not indulging in much wine and not pursuing dishonest gain. They must keep hold of the deep truths of the faith with a clear conscience, they must first be tested or tried, and then if there is nothing against them, let them serve as deacons. Then it goes on to say, and in the same way, their wives are to be women worthy of respect, not malicious talkers, but temperate and trustworthy in everything. A deacon must be the husband of but one wife and must manage his children and household well. Those who have served well gain an excellent standing and great assurance in their faith in Christ Jesus. So I share that scripture. Uh, there's so many other scriptures we can go to. But if God lays on your heart a man uh, that you believe God is calling or setting apart in this service, then just put that name down, put it in an offertory plate. And what that'll mean is that I'll be able to sit down with him and talk to him 
And, uh, and again, the calling of, of a deacon ministry is not just one-sided. I mean, there, there's going to be a confirmation on the last Sunday of this month where you as a church confirm. I mean, you're the ones uh, uh, confirming that, yes, God has called this man and set them apart for this ministry. It's a high calling to put your hands to serving in the house of the Lord in that way. So I just want to share that with you, because if I don't share that now, I may forget it when I get into my message here in just a moment. But it's something that's very important for me personally as your pastor, because uh, my burden on my heart is to labor and toil for you as your families to be all that God's called them to be. Uh, now, just in the same way in the first century, in the 21st century, there's no way that I can do this all by myself. God didn't call me to that. We have great men of God here, uh, leaders, teachers, and yes, deacons that are set apart for that ministry. So it's something dear to my heart, something important. Uh, and so if God lays on your heart a man, then, then nominate them. And, uh, and y'all pray for that. Pray for this process that God would raise up men who love God first and foremost, uh, but also love the people of God and willing to serve and to give their life uh, to the Lord in that, in that way. All right, Isaiah chapter 9. I know, I'm getting there. Good night, it's already 11, 12, isn't it? It's okay, y'all hang in there. All right, Isaiah chapter 9. Let me get there. We've been in this passage. We're in this Advent season, which is a beautiful time. I hope all of you are making plans to be here this evening uh, with us uh, at Christmas at Flint Hill. Uh, starts at 6 o'clock. Isaiah chapter 9. Uh, it's, our, it's the theme verse, actually, for tonight, or for the, for the uh, Christmas at Flint Hill. All right, here we go. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given... And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He, he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. So that's been our verse for the last several weeks. Uh, today, I'm actually uh, skipping one, and I'm going to get to the Prince of Peace, is what I want to just share with you, because that's one of the Messianic titles here in Isaiah. As he looked forward down that line for that Messiah to come, that one of the titles, those Messianic titles, was Prince of Peace, or Ruler of Peace. Now, let, and then before we get there, I, you know, again, definition of peace. And I think about that this time of year. We, we, there's a lot talked about peace. Um, let, me, let me just pause there a minute. Definition of peace, tranquility, rest. Calm, quiet, silence. That's another one. Stillness. Oftentimes we define peace by what it's not. In other words, uh, we often think about peace and, and, and we define it like this. It's the absence of disturbance or frustration or aggravation or hurriedness. Peace is one of those uh, incredible commodities that I believe every person alive, not just you in this room, not every child, but I think every person wants peace. In fact, I, I would venture to say that you know, uh, every person is at unrest or disturbed on the inside until they come to faith in Christ, and then they, all of a sudden they meet, they meet the Prince of Peace that can reign and rule in their own heart. But when I think about peace in, in, in this time of year, it really has captured my heart because oftentimes this time of year, and not, not just this time of year, I don't know if it gets highlighted here, but it's so often peace is not what a, uh, 
uh, it, it, it just defines our hearts and our minds even so today. Now, I'm talking to a lot of Christians in the house of the Lord, but, I, but, I, it, but I'm talking about just us in general. That oftentimes on a daily basis, it's not peace, but hurriedness. Or it's not quietness, it's not calmness, it's all these other things that can really take that peace. It hinders us from really knowing the fullness of who we are in Christ. When Isaiah foresaw many years ago this prophecy that this Messiah that would come would be called the Prince of Peace, the Ruler of Peace. One of the things he began to even, you see it here in this text in verse 7, he says he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing him, holding it with justice and righteousness from that time and forever. He talks about David's throne. Why? Because it's, it's, real, it's real simple. Uh, there was a prophecy many, many years before. And in 2 Samuel, let me get there real quick. In 2 Samuel uh, chapter 7, verse 16, the Lord made a promise. To David. And in verse 14 of that promise, when, when the Lord spoke to him through Nathan the prophet, he said clearly, he says, I, uh, I will be his father and he will be my son. Hold on, let me back up. Verse 13. He is the one who will build my house and for my name will establish the throne and kingdom forever. And I'll be his father and he will be my son. And whatever he does wrong, I'll punish and the rod of men and the flog is afflicted by men. But my love will never be taken away from him as I took it away from Saul when I removed it before you. Here it is. Your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. The Messiah who was foretold to come, prophesied to come, would be in line of David's lineology and genealogy. When we get to Matthew chapter 1, when we look at the, the, the gospel narrative in Matthew's gospel, when he talks about the birth of Jesus, the very first thing he wants to do is set the record straight. And in Matthew chapter 1, what does he do? Verse 1, chapter 1, verse 1 says, This is a record of genealogy of Jesus Christ, that means Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. This ruler of peace, this one who was to come, was to be in line of David. He was going to be a king on a throne that would reign forever and ever. The Messiah that's come. It's not just anybody. This baby that's born is not just any baby. This is a king. And he's the foretold Messiah, the one who was going to make it right. He was going to, he's the one that who was able to bring peace. Now, much may have been misunderstood, but make no mistake, He is King, and He is reigning and ruling, and He will ultimately bring peace now and forevermore. When He was born in that manger, it wasn't just a, an infant, but man, this was a beautiful uh, declaration. Even, even look at this in Luke chapter 2. The angels on this day, when they make His pronouncement, what do they declare? The angel comes to the shepherds. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angels, praising God. And what do they say? How do they praise Him? Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom His favor rests. There's an angelic praise that comes forth from the angels to declare what? That this Messiah who was born, this King who was born, will reign and rule and His peace will be upon His people. The Prince of Peace has come was their declaration. The one who would resolve and restore the peace of God. Yes, in the hearts of His people, He is born. 
That was the angelic praise on that day. Make no mistake, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. That title and declaration of Isaiah comes from fulfillment in Jesus Christ. When we, in this time of year, we talk about the baby born in the manger and the peace uh, 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 that, that comes from God on whom uh, the favor of God rests on all men. But make no mistake, Jesus declares himself as the Prince of Peace in John chapter 14. Listen to the words of the Lord. I, I want you all to hear this maybe in a fresh way. This is Jesus' declaration to those that were listening to him and to us today in verse 27. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. His peace isn't determined by the circumstances of life. He is the author of peace. He's the king of peace, the ruler, reigner. He is the able to not just restore, but renew and to bring peace into any and every circumstance of life and heart. I mean, the truth is this morning, regardless of where you are, maybe your life isn't characterized by peace. We just sang a song, no one greater, no one higher. The Prince of Peace, Messiah King, Jesus, the ruler of peace has come. He said, my peace I give to you. My peace is not like the world gives. In fact, he says, don't let your hearts be troubled and don't be afraid. In John 16, he goes on, he elaborates in verse 33. He summarizes, this is Jesus' word. Listen to the words of the Lord. He said, I've told you these things. Why? So that in me, you may have peace. Peace. I love this in Matthew chapter eleven twenty eight. 28. I know I'm going to several scriptures here this morning talking about peace. I love this scripture, Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, if you're making notes. To me, it's one of the most beautiful invitations that the Lord gives to us, to any child of God, to anyone who would come to Him. Listen to the words of the Lord in Matthew eleven twenty eight. He says, Come to me, all you who are weary or burdened. JJ's little interjection here. Any who lack peace. Come to me, He says, and I will give you Rest. Rest. The absence of uh, disturbance and frustration and aggravation. He says, I want to give you rest. I'm going to give you peace. That invitation to me is just one of the most beautiful things that our Lord Savior offers to us. He is the Prince of Peace. Now turn with me one more time to Ephesians chapter 2. Come on, Paul thinking about this whole Concept as Messiah, King, Prince of Peace, Ruler of Peace. He begins to really think theologically about what Christ has done for us. How He has established peace, He preached peace, but also He created peace. In other words, you can know peace today. You really can. I can. We can as a people of God. You can know peace. But how, how does that happen? I'm, Paul lays it out here in Ephesians chapter 2. Beginning in verse 13, he says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. And here it is, verse 14. He himself is our peace. Who has made the two one and destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace. And in this one body, to reconcile both of them to God through the cross. Friend, there's a couple things here that is just 
very apparent. Paul, as he's sharing this word to the church, Christians there in Ephesus. One thing is this, Christ Jesus it preached peace. In other words, through his message, he proclaimed that I have peace that you know not of. And he proclaimed that. But not only did he proclaim it, but he provides it. Friend, there's no other place where you're going to know peace except in Christ. And specifically, he says, what happens? He destroyed this barrier, this enmity between us and God. I don't know how you characterize your life before Christ, but when Paul looked at that, he said there was hostility. There was enmity between us and God. There, there was this barrier hindering us from getting there. It had been severed, this relationship, as we learned in, in Bible study, way back going to the Garden of Eden. It's been severed. But now there's this, this, this enmity. There's this barrier. There's this hindrance between us being at peace with God. Not only that, but there's this enmity between people. And in this context, it's the Jews and the Gentile. But friend, I mean, come on. We all can probably relate. We can always, we can always even talk about enmity or, or disturbances between people. But Paul makes it clear that all this enmity, all this division, all this disturbance, all this lack of peace goes away by one person, one way. Not only did Jesus proclaim peace. In other words, He preached it. He said, you can know peace. He personally is our peace. I Don't miss this. He says, for He Himself is our peace. Peace is a person of Christ. He's the ruler of peace. But He's also provided the only way. Paul makes this clear. It's in Christ's death on the cross that peace is provided for. Now, I know you're saying, preacher, there you go again. It, there is no other way. The enmity between us, God, God had to display wrath upon sin. Jesus, yes, born in that manger. Oh, good night. Thank you, Jesus. The Emmanuel's with us. But I'll get to this tonight. But it's Savior who's born. That's the message. Even this was not the end. This was the beginning of what was going to happen on the cross. But that's not the end because he rose on the third day and he reigns. Hear me forevermore. What does that mean for us? Let me be clear. You can call upon him today. He is alive and very well and able and able to literally bring peace into our hearts right now. You mean no matter what? No matter what. There's not no one greater. There's no one higher. There's no issue, no, no contention. There's no person that has the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. I know you're saying, man, that sounds good to preach, but I'm telling you, it's a reality. Paul looks back on what Christ did on the cross, and he said, listen, he died making literally peace available for all that would call upon him, all that would put their faith in Christ, that you can know him, your peace. He is. He is. Paul makes this clear statement. Jesus not only preached it, but He also provided it. His death on the cross and His resurrection signed, sealed, and delivered our ability to by faith put our faith and trust in Him right now, right here. Friend, that's for any person who's at odds with the Lord. That's for any person who's lost, dead in their sins, as Paul would say earlier in chapter 2, that needs to be set free and forgiven. Hallelujah. But even for children of God today, friend, if there's no peace or lack of peace in your heart, 
Please hear me. The simplicity is this. Give your heart. Turn your heart to the Lord. There is no other way. Can, can y'all help me with something right here? I, I know this is going to be a little odd. I get it. Take it where it's coming from. Can y'all do something? I know this is going to be... Yeah, this will never happen again. Another worship service probably. Probably won't. Can, can y'all just... I, I know. If you can, can you just lift your hands up? Just not, Now, you don't have to... Be, I'm not talking about doing this number. You don't have to go that far. You can just keep them down here a little bit. Uh, don't go... Don't go crazy. But just make two fists for me. Squeeze them really hard. Really hard. Now, don't... Now, now don't give up on me. Squeeze really hard. Now, if you got them long nails on, don't cut yourself. We don't have a first aid kit. Squeeze. Are y'all squeezing? Squeeze it. You feel the tension? You feel it? I do. So, Ready's all in it. She's competitive. All right, do me a favor. Open them hands up. Now, if you really were squeezing, there's a little tingling sensation going on. But did y'all notice something? Please hear it. Please, please. God sometimes gives us little things to help us understand spiritual things in our life. The moment you opened your hand, the pressure just went away. Now, the effects of the pressure is lingering on, but all of a sudden it's getting back to normal. The blood was displaced. Please don't miss this church. Please, I'm talking about children of God. I'm talking about the people of God right now. Friend, if this is you right now, are you with me? If this is you, child of God, this is not what God wants in your life right now. Jesus died and rose again so you might know Him, the Prince of Peace, the ruler of peace. But child of God, listen to me. Here, please hear me. Just like this silly little exercise, you want to experience His peace that passes all understanding? It's available in Jesus' name. Through the blood of Jesus, through His death and resurrection, it's available. There's not, there, there's not a special class of Christians in the house this morning going to know His peace. You, you all, if you know Him, can know His peace. Yet there's things in our world that get us bound up, and we get all like this sometimes, and all tensed up, and rigid, and hurting, and the pressure is overwhelming. But please hear me, child. Please hear me. Just like this silly exercise, you've got to open up your heart to the Prince of Peace. Open up your heart to Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Bow your heads for me this morning. Father, right now, right here, I'm asking, Lord, that you would help us to open our hearts to you. God, I'm asking you right now, Lord Jesus, that you would just pry open, burst open, break through, Father, anything that's hindering us from opening our hearts to you right now. Lord, by faith, we believe. We believe that you died and rose again, that you are, you are the Prince of Peace. God, we believe that you are able to literally, physically, mentally, and emotionally bring peace into our lives right now. 
We are by faith believing. We're asking. We're opening up our hearts to you right now and asking, Lord Jesus, reign and rule in our lives. May your peace that was purchased on the cross be made manifest in our lives today. Today, Father. Today. God, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand with me, church. We're going to sing a song of response. Friend, if you're here today, and you know God's, God's already calling you here to unite with this fellowship, then you come. But friend, if you're here today, and you know you know you, know you need Christ, you come. Come, come down this aisle. Walk down here. We'll lead you to Jesus Christ. Give your life to Christ. Follow in believers' baptism. You be obedient as we sing this song together.